Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. The e-commerce podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce wow. And to help us do just that, I am chatting with my very special guest today, Norm Farrar from the Lunch with Norm podcast about perceived value. Is it all just American hype or is there something to it? We're going to get into that. Uh, if this is your first time here, a warm welcome to you here at the e-commerce podcast. Uh, you can find the notes, the transcript, everything for free on our website, ecommercepodcast.net. And whilst you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. And each week we will email you uh, the links, the notes, the transcript from the conversation. Uh, you can get that totally to your inbox, totally free, totally amazing. Love that technology. So make sure you sign up for that. This episode is brought to you by the e-commerce cohort, uh, which helps you to deliver e-commerce well to your customers. Now, I was on a podcast earlier on, Norm, and they said to me, there were some of the biggest lessons that you've learned. I said, well, one of the most expensive mistakes was when I got siloed in e-commerce. In other words, I just worked on one or two areas of my business and I missed the bigger picture. Well, enter e-commerce cohort to solve this problem. It is a membership group uh, with guided monthly sprints that cycle through all the key areas of e-commerce. So the sole purpose of Cohort is to provide you with clear, actionable jobs to be done so you'll know what to work on as well as get the support you need to get it done. So whether you are just starting out in e-commerce or if like me, you're well, a well-established e-commercer, I would encourage you to definitely check it out. EcommerceCohort.com is the website. Uh, more information is available uh, on the site. It explains it in much better vernacular than I've just used, but go ahead, check it out, ecommercecohort.com. If you're involved in e-commerce, you'll probably want to join. So head on over there. Now, let's chat with Mr. Norman Farrar. He is an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. Take your pick. We don't mind. <laughs> Who provides online marketing and managed e-commerce solutions for brands. Check this out, folks. He has worked with Fortune 500 companies such as Coca-Cola, Mercedes-Benz, and 20th Century Fox. Uh, since the early 1990s, Norm has focused on helping entrepreneurs optimize their operations and unlock their business potential. Presently, he is the host of the popular Amazon podcast, Lunch with Norm. I actually have been on Norm's podcast. That's how we met. We had a great time and a great conversation. And I knew actually following on from that conversation, Norm, we needed to get you onto the e-commerce podcast because I thought you've got some great value to add to what we do here. So thank you for coming on. Great to, great to see you again. How are we doing? Oh, it's the first time I've ever been called an entrepreneur. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I w how I would feel about that, uh, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you can put that on your business cards going forward. Exactly. <laughs> now, if you're listening to the podcast, the one thing that you won't know about Norm uh, is Norm has the most incredible beard you have ever seen, right? And so, uh, and actually in all your branding, it's obviously, you know, the beard is a, is a big feature, Norm. It's something that you're remembered by. So how long have you done the beard thing? I'm curious. Well, uh, I've done it for about five years. I burnt it off right down the middle cooking hamburgers one night. So I looked Ooh. like you. And it took about two and a half years to grow back. Yeah, oh, that no. portion. But uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's been growing for a long time. Wow. Well, well, it's great, man. I, I have beard envy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's, uh, it's an awesome, it's an awesome piece of it. So whereabouts in the world are you? Let's tell the good folks a bit about you, Norm. Where, whereabouts are you? I live in a very small town about two hours north of Toronto. Okay. And so it, is it colder for you than it is for me? You, you must be quite far north, right? Uh, don't even bring that up. I had a foot of snow last night. Oh, it's definitely colder for you than it is for me. That's impressive. What? A foot of snow. Yeah. Not happy. No, well, it, you know, uh, it's it's always nice speaking to people that maybe have slightly colder weather than what we have here in England. I, I feel slightly better about myself. Uh, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> so, how did you how did you get started with? Um, let's start with the podcast. What kick started that? The Lunch with Norm podcast. That's a COVID thing. I had my kids back, so I had the, my three boys were outside. Two of us were smoking cigars, and uh, anyways. We were just talking and phone rang and started helping out somebody and the phone rang again. Somebody had a problem. Phone rang three times while we were having a cigar and my one son just said, you know, you should do a podcast or something. And I, anybody who knows me, especially back then, I'm scared to death talking. I don't like public speaking. I don't oh, really? I never, ever have done a podcast. They don't like it. Um, now. It's different. Uh, I've done it enough that, uh, you know, I'm okay. But back then it was, I, I couldn't even watch. Like the first time we did it, our guest showed up late. So keto position dropped to the floor, not knowing what to say. You know, just, just feeling sick. Like, oh, yeah. it was like too right. You know, that like, you're just kind of pulling myself back up to the, to the chair. But, uh, that's how I got started. It was the guys, my boys. And then we tried to find, different angles so uh we you know we wanted it to sound uh professional so my mm. son is a musician he put every everything together the graphics kelsey did then we came up with this thing called wheel of kelsey and it's a giveaway that we give out every yeah. every every episode you saw that and yeah, yeah it's kind of people know us now for you know information and also this wheel of kelsey thing it's brilliant because your podcast is is live, right? It's an interactive live, live podcast, and so people get to comment. They go on this uh, wheel of Kelsey, and you pick out a winner, and the winner will usually win something. Uh, and I, I thought it was all good fun, and obviously you you draw in a, an audience. But you're prolific, right? And this is not like once a month you're doing this. This is this is quite a regular podcast, right? Three times a week. Yeah. Live at noon, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's, it's a bit of work. Does it, does it, does it suck the life out of you or, or do you find an energy in it now? Well, it's like, I own a variety of different businesses. I find good people. I can, I can oversee the larger picture, but they run the business for me. And that's the same thing with lunch with Norm. When I go and sit down with somebody, I get the, the facts or the bio or the information about who I'm interviewing about five to 10 minutes before I get in and I, I talk. So everything is done where we've got, um, a VA sending out and looking out like yeah. outreach to find people. Uh, we have back and forth. You saw probably the, uh, emails that went back and forth, mm -hmm. uh, to try to get the information. Uh, and then. Kelsey comes on and he takes care of, you know, all the back and forth. So we have a producer, which is him. 
and then one other person that does the outreach. And then we do have, we spend a lot of time and money on um, social media. So we okay. have a person doing that as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my, my role in this, I, because I, I can't spend hours doing it every day. Uh, mine is sit down Monday, Wednesday, Friday for an hour. And I'm, I get prepped about 10 minutes beforehand. That's fantastic. And, and you, you just have these conversations with people, don't you? And it, it's really yeah, intriguing it's, where it goes. This is you, what we didn't want it to be is like, uh, we, we just wanted a casual, um, mm-hmm. very casual interview. And, uh, I used to have this other pod, like I told you before, I hated podcasts. Well, we didn't launch one. We launched two. That's <laughs> the sign pine. Uh, well, it's called, I know this guy. And all it was, was talking about the, uh, the, the person's, their backstory, but I called it failure to succeed what it takes. Like, what was your failure that brought you to where you are right now? Yeah. It's kind of interesting that that happened. It was just so casual. We we're bringing out all this information and we just kind of applied it over to lunch with Norm. It's just sit back, relax. We go down a ton of different rabbit holes. And at the end of the day, you know, I, uh, we've got a really great community that, uh, that is very engaging. So we know a lot of people by name. We know where they live. We, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a really engaged community. Yeah, it is. It is. And so, um, who, who's the podcast aimed at Norm? Well, we're, we're trying to mix it up. So originally it was Amazon FBA sellers. Yeah. Uh, however, the bigger audience and where people are going, so it's evolved, especially over COVID. What we're finding is the people who have been on Amazon, they're tired of being a one-legged stool. Mm-hmm. Amazon come and they can close their account down or they can make it tougher, put inventory restrictions on. So they needed to spread out. Okay, what's the next step? Okay, Walmart, Shopify. Uh, today, we had a really great guest, Steve Wiedemann, on about SEO, content marketing. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, uh, we, are, we are still targeting Amazon. Our audience is made up a third, a third, a third. People who know very little are just coming off of a course, the intermediate, and then the advanced. We've got, mm-hmm. I know for a fact, we've got some sellers that are a million dollars a month. I know one person that's there who, um, has had over a billion dollars in sales. Actually, there's Jeez. a couple of a billion dollars in sales. And, um, you know, I've sat down, I like after I heard about them because we interview some of our brands sometimes that, that are listeners and to hear their stories and you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, first of all, you got to become on the podcast. You got to tell me your story and tell me what I need to know because yeah. I can learn much from all these other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and interviewing people that have turned, you know, sold a billion dollars of products through Amazon. Uh, what are some of the lessons that you've learned? Resilience number one. Mm. So, you know, uh, I always say, uh, when you, uh, and it doesn't have to be Amazon, it could be with licensing. It could be with any business venture that you get into that you have to become that authority figure because authority pe- figures. Uh, builds trust, but the resilience factor comes in is when you get hit between the legs and you drop to your knees and you think it's over for me and to be able to stand up and do it again 
Yeah. And, you know, a hundred times over when you say, please kick me between the legs, um, you know, but that's it. What I found is that, first of all, it's being resilient. Second of all, it's being the authority. Yeah. Authority, trust equals sales and jumping on opportunities. So don't say no. You don't have to go after every shiny object, mm-hmm. but you have a system in place, systems, standard operating systems, so you can automate and scale your business. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, you just want to make sure that you have what we'll be talking about in a bit, building a brand, building perceived value that people mm-hmm. want to come back based on a customer experience. That's, that's everybody I've talked to is basically the same. Well, well, that's it. And it's a mic drop moment, isn't it? I don't have a mic in my hands, but it's that kind of, it's, it's funny, isn't it? How, um, when you talk to people who were mega successful, um, and you're kind of curious as to how they did it, it's, it's not, it's not rocket science. There's just consistency. Like you say, there's resilience, right place, right time. Um, there's, there's no real silver bullet, is there? Uh, I don't know if you've, if you've sort of found this. Um, but there is something quite inspiring usually about the person that you're talking to. There's usually some massive obstacle they've had to overcome. Uh, and you, and you think, well, okay, that's maybe why you're, where you're at, right? Yeah. Um, and the other part to this is I think every major seller or every major business person I ever met is in that give to get. So they share. So they're Mm. either mentoring people. Or they're starting out and they're looking for a mentor. They're going to campaigns. They're trying to become excellent in whatever they're doing. And they're not afraid to share that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. That is a very good point. Um, uh, thank you for bringing that up. So let's talk then about um, perceived value. I said to you, I said, Norm, we need to get you on the show. Uh, we decided to get you come on the show without any idea of what we we're going to talk about. I just knew we'd have a great conversation. Uh, and you said, well, let's talk about perceived value uh, and how to double your profits in a month on Amazon. And is it all American hype? Which I thought was great. So hence the reason why I robbed that at the start. Um, so let, what do you mean when you talk about perceived value? I'm talking about the overall customer experience from the second that they're typing what they're looking for into a search field, seeing the products and look, when you're going on to Amazon, I'll do, and I'm going to use Amazon, but it could be any platform. It could mm-hmm. be Walmart. It could be on Google. It could be anything. But when you, when you have the search results there, which one are you going to click on? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the reviews. The very first thing you're going to be looking at is either there's something different in that image. So either it's going left to right and everybody else is going right to left. Uh, you know, something that brings out, it could be color. It could be the quality of the overall um, image. It's usually that the one that stands out is the person that split tests that image against three or four other images that they may have had in product photos. Does it have, mm-hmm. is it doing the customer research? Is it going left to right, right to left? Is it filling the frame? Is it sometimes every one of the products is filling the frame, so you make it a little bit smaller. That's really bizarre because everybody says, oh, you got to fill the frame. Mm-hmm. Well, try making it a bit smaller to draw your attention. It might be all black. All the boxes are black. Well, make it with a one with a yellow stripe, something to grab the eye. Yeah. The other thing is some 
are just great with just having the product, others with packaging, some with having the cap off or cap on. Uh, it's, it's, it's just the perfect uh, product photo. That's where I start. And within the product photo, there's other things. So on Amazon, if you think about it, or Shopify, you have a storyboard. So it's a slide deck. And a lot of people just throw it up there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will put a book up there. Like you're reading a book. You've seen it. It's a book. Nobody's going to read your book. That's over for like, that's on the bullet points. What you do is you highlight information, but like Burt's Bees does this really, um, uh, uh, really does this well, yeah. where they have a chocolate or a honey uh, Burt's Bees wax, right? Or, uh, you know, the lip balm. Yeah. They I don't do yeah. anything except high, high, high quality graphics that bring out, like you want to eat the picture, you know, the chocolate or whatever illustration that they have. But it's the same thing here. It's being able to bring across that storyboard where, okay, what is the benefit? Why am I buying? What pain point am I solving? That a lot of people put out the features. Well, okay, that's nice, but make that a second or third or third or fourth lifestyle pictures. Showing somebody that you've solved their problem, that they're happy. A lot of the times I see people that have used user-generated content and it's like grumpy old men. (laughs) Why did you put that picture up there? And then a video. Uh, everything is video nowadays. So you want to make sure that you have, it doesn't have to be a Hollywood production. There's tons and tons of really good video uh, content out there that you or video apps that you can get very inexpensive. And Amazon has their own video creator right now, which is new that you can go in there, put in some slides, make it into um, a jip, whatever you want to call it and put, you know, the, uh, the bullet points there. So everything's pointing that way, Mm. but the next step with this, and you don't have to do it right off the bat. I do. When I do my product research, I know that if I'm going to buy a thousand or something, I want to be the best out there. I know I can sales right off the bat because I'm going to do that research. I'm going to do the slides, the slide deck properly, and I'm going to spend the time to be different. And let me. Let me use a case study. I just, that'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's actually two that are really crazy. But the first one is every single search, every single search that you look at on Amazon, you'll see that people enter into three different price points. You've got usually the Chinese manufacturers who just are ramming it through at the lowest price. They don't care about images. They, everything is the lowest. And sometimes, you'll see that people are using the same manufacturer's pictures, which is kind of funny. But um, Dead Sea Mud is one that I took a look at just recently. Dead Sea Mud, enter, the entry point is $6.78, around a $14 range. That's your mm-hmm. first print here, 8 ounce to 16 ounce. The next tier up is 24 to 44 And the same thing, 16 ounce. But what you'll notice is those pictures, and if you click into those listings, they're much better researched. They've got a better quality design, and the packaging is starting to take. Uh, it's not just in a uh, an ugly white plastic jar. Yeah. Then the highest one, 
this, this was unbelievable. $78 to $95. And the $95 brand was 3.5 ounces. Wow. But it was really, it looked great. It was this frosted glass um, container. It looked really high end. It was everything about the listing and everything about the images were high perceived value. Now, there's a trick here. If your images are great and you have great perception, then that's great. You'll end up with a very high um, user or uh, uh, customer experience. If you have really great pictures and your product is terrible, expect one-star reviews all the way. People are going to be very yeah. upset. Yeah. And then uh, and you're doing yourself a disservice if you're coming in at price level two or one with really crappy images and you've got a really great product. If you're going in, that's why I say you have to go in at the tier level that you want to achieve. Yeah. Now, perceive value, everything, every time I look at it, comes down to the brand. Is the brand consistent? If I go in and coffee mug, rise of the micro brands. That's what we are on Amazon. Everybody <laughs> is a micro brand. They're not a huge brand. Nobody knows you. What are they going to do? They're going to search you on Google. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you come up and you're not consistent, if, if you've got certain colors and now they're completely different or you're using 10 different fonts or you don't have a great message out there, People are looking for red flags. And if you don't become the authority or if you don't become trustworthy, so authority equals trust equals sales, people will click off very quickly. So you don't have to have an expensive website, one pager, just make it look nice. Yep. You don't have, have a ton of social media, pick one channel, make it look nice. Do a press release, write a bit of content, become the authority. So once people see that and they go back, now they want to make sure, okay, it looks great. The packaging, the overall, like, like, let's say there's an outside package an outer package. That's going to be a lot. Most people don't, especially in the beauty category, don't even put packages. It costs pennies to create a really beautiful package. And I'll give you an example about that one. So uh, I was working with a knife company and they came in a, just a plastic clamshell. Cost of the knife was 16 bucks. Mm -hmm. He was selling it at $49. He was making money. Mm -hmm. However, I looked at it and I said, why don't we put it in a different package? Let's make it a rigid box. People, when they open it up, it kind of unveils the, the product. Mm -hmm. And then there's a nice message there. You have a sheath. Um, but it's just, everything is, is a nicer look. And we improved the images. Well, we, we were able to take that from $49 up to $124. Wow. Knife, and the traffic didn't drop. It was, wow. it was very low decrease. So this guy went from 49 to 124. And then he said, like, I, I knew the manufacturer. I said, this is the same knife at $16. Why don't we hammer it instead of have the 67 layers of steel? Why don't we hammer it and put it into a wood container and see what we can do with it? So we, hammered the steel and it looked like it was completely different. It was still $16 and we, we brought it out at $224. Wow. That's perceived value. The wood case cost us a couple of bucks. It was like, mm. I think it was dollars with all the packaging included. 
for an extra hundred on top of the hundred. That's incredible. Yeah. And those are the things that you're, you're looking at. So if you took a look at this, what did the, what, what did the message with, like when the customer received it, it comes down now to building the brand to do it for every product that you have with that brand. So the person received this outer box, which looked like an iPhone box. It had a silhouette of uh, the knife on the one side, and then it had a full color. Uh, it, it looked like a full color knife on the other side. When they opened it up, there was a, it was a black package with yellow. So it stood out. Every other knife was in a black packet. We just mm -hmm. put a yellow strip on it. So, oh, there's a, your eye is drawn to it. And it's magnetic class. You open it up and people love the customer experience. And then we had an insert in there that drove them over to a 52 uh, week meal plan. And we took, we went to culinary schools with it and mm -hmm. we gave them all these students on one condition that they give us recipes and they hold up the knife. And so now we started to get an air, all these young guys, I'm an old guy. Everybody's on social media, tagging each other with these knives, sharing these recipes. And he was able to take those recipes with permission, put them on Amazon for his user generated content and in Amazon posts, which is Amazon social media, mm -hmm. which he had one image that had 200,000 impressions. Wow. What did that do for his sales? Mm -hmm. So. I'm not going to go down the out. That's something else that is really cool, but you get lots of, um, you can convert very easily using these Amazon sales, mm. uh, the way that Amazon set it up. But because he built in this customer experience, because instead of the knife, just in a plastic container, he put EVA foam around it. So it's a die cut with an area for your finger to go in to pop up the knife to make sure that it had this really beautiful sheath. Now, what did he do? He came out with a multi-purpose knife, a paring knife, a bread knife. Now, the whole, every single one is consistent with the brand. He's got thousands and thousands and thousands of emails. Every time he wants to uh, sell another one, it's a no-brainer. He mm. can sell it for 10%, send it out there, 10% off, and he's got a ton of people with his launch because people know the brand. It's consistent. So that's a few things. Now, the other thing is safety. So, or the little things I call it. So I own a soap company. Mm -hmm. And one of the little things that we do is we write an individual note to every person that buys the soap. There's lots of soap. There's mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of orders coming in. How do you do it? We don't. We order them from China. We order our notes and there's, we, they're all generic notes. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much for your soap. Enjoy your day. Okay. 20,000 of those come in at a time. And you know, it, it costs us pennies mm -hmm. in each order. And guess what? Our reviews, oh, it's such, such a nice personal touch that this company yeah, gave yeah. us his note. Yeah. You know, making sure, and this is psychological, shampoo. You want to talk about perceived value again. Somebody goes and they, I don't know about you, but you're reaching for shampoo. Now, don't make any jokes about hair. <laughs> I have to wash my beard. So you're, you got your shampoo and it's got the same cap as your conditioner or they're in the same bottle. Well, make one cap different or make the color of the bottle a little bit different 
So you know, oh, that's the conditioner. That's the shampoo. Yeah. yeah. Psychological thing. Shrink wrap, you know, just uh, especially like supplements. I don't know about you, but nowadays, if you don't see that seal or if you don't see the shrink wrap. You're nervous. Yeah. You're nervous. So all these little things add up and then pricing optimization. Mm. You, you have to play with that. At launch, I have a trick. I take a look at that second tier level and there's lots in between mm. the first and the second and the third, but let's say it's at 24 to $44 level is it a second is the second row. Mm -hmm. I give a coupon that shows my, my, mine is in the upper side. So let's say it's $124 that I'm selling it for and it has dropped to 99. So it's 99 to 124. I'll give a 20 or $30 coupon that could drop it down to the second. So people look at it and they go, wow, I can get this high perceived. So this first tier product. And it's only going to cost me in that second tier. Mm -hmm. It's it's a psychological thing. But if you go back to the Dead Sea, let's say I can get that $95 uh, Dead Sea mud for $48, I would do it. Yeah. You know, you see the big slash. It's yeah, 50% yeah. off. Now, yeah. with the knives, it's not that much. It's not that big, a dramatic difference uh, mm -hmm. with Dead Sea that's really interesting, Norm. So I, 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 I feel like I could listen to your stories all day long. Um, you're in essence taking products which people are selling on Amazon and going, how can I add value to this? So the, the knife was in effect the same. The, the Dead Sea mud is in fact the same mud in all of the, the, the products. But the way you, you, the way you've charged it, the way you do it is, you're asking yourself, well, how can I improve it? How can I modify it? How can I increase the perceived value of this? And there's a lot of lessons, I think, to learn here uh, on that, whether it's Amazon or whether it's across e-commerce. It's like, um, how can I reinvent this product or what can I add to it? And I love that example that you talked about with the knife. You know, this one's got a sheath and a nicer box. This one's got a wooden box and we've smacked it a little bit with a hammer. Um, it's just, it's... It's really fast. So is, is it the way your brain works? Do you just see something on Amazon and instantly know, I can increase value here just by dot, dot, dot? I think it's the time we take on doing competitive analysis and asking our manufacturer. We had no idea that what the heck is a hammered Damascus knife? Yeah. I, I've never heard of it. We asked them, so what can we do different? And they just happen to have this, oh, well, we have this knife and we have this knife. Yeah. Other in price. Um, I, this is, um, this is another quick one that I absolutely love. We had a, a person approach and say that they, over 18 months, they sold 1000 bucks. This was toe fungus remover. That's sex. <laughs> toe fungus. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I got excited. Oh, tough. So. Why wasn't it moving? Anyways, well, I knew why it wasn't moving because the box was powder blue. Imagine this powder blue box with a yellow. It was a yellow circle with a foot with toe fungus. Okay. Yellow. And underneath it were two yellow drops that looked like it was oozing out of the toe fungus and the logo you could not read. You couldn't read it if you wanted to. You can even read what this was for. So it was, and then when you open it up, 
a cheap tuck box, like a cardstock tuck box. These two bottles popped out. They were brown and they had sort of the same look on these bottles. They were ugly. They were absolutely, mm-hmm. nobody would buy them. So we said, okay, this really looks like it's medicinal. You know, it looks ugly. It looks like you got to put your head between your knees and kind of walk mm-hmm. in or mm-hmm. head down into a pharmacy. No, let's turn, when we did the product research, we found out the same solution helps strengthen and beautify your nails. So now we said, well, let's make this a wellness and health product. So we did it. We turned it around and we put it in a white box, greens, blues, no feet on it. Mm-hmm. We put the logo on it and we, you know, and they said, loud and proud, it, it was a toe fungus remover, but uh, everything was about beauty. Everything was about beautiful beautiful nails. And it was a sideline being this toe fungus remover. Um, the first month we brought it out and they were in green bottles, by the way, this time, like really, it was, it looked mm-hmm. really beautiful. And when you opened it up, the, the bottle, the, the, we went from top opening up and kind of shaking it out to opening it up from the side and unveiling the product. Mm-hmm. So there were message there from the manufacturer, you know, talking about beautiful nails and how you can uh, you know, strengthen these nails on day-to-day usage. So that just increased because day-to-day usage is not just when you have to- toenail fungus. We went the very first month we launched it, it went uh, to $6,800. The second month went to 28. The third month went to 68, 67, 68. We topped off at $124,000 a month. Wow. Then we ran out of inventory. And this is all 100% because we just changed the perception of the product. Yeah. And, and it went from the, the, the guy, the manufacturer, the brand owner refused to allow me to put the price up. He said, nobody's going to get over $9.99. Well, yeah, the product looked great. If you want to swim with this horrible looking competitors, go for it. We went from like the average price was $9.99. We took it $24.99. Oh, wow. And the guy made a, a ton of money. That's really, uh, yeah, fantastic. And yet another story no, uh, of this whole <laughs> idea of perceived value. And I can, I, I can, I, I know what people are thinking because I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, oh, I've got some products. How do I how do I increase the value of this? Now you talked about doing competitor research. Is that where you start? Do you start looking around and go, right, well, I've got this product here. Let me see what everybody else is doing and figure out how I can make this better. Yes, absolutely. So it's not just on Amazon. Amazon is a good place to take a look, but, and to make, to look for different products too. Don't forget, you've got all these crowdfunding sites. You've got Shark's Tank, you've got Dragon's Den, You've got uh, Kickstarter, you've got Indiegogo. You can check those out for really cool products and then improve mm. on them. And again, go back and ask the manufacturer. Or if you've got a plastic shoe stretcher that everybody else has, figure out how you can, first, if it, is it a good product? Mm. So if not, competitors, see what, what their images are. See what the competitors are saying. What are the good things? What are the bad things? What are the good things and bad things that are saying about your product and try to improve on them? And that's one thing a lot of people forget. Every time you put in an order, you should be improving. You should be evolving the product to be a little bit better each time. Is it on the packaging? Oh, the QR code. Can I do something to 
grab an email address somehow. Uh, you know, and that's a that's such an easy way to grab and maintain a customer. Getting mm. a new customer is really tough. Repeat customers are uber easy. But when you say when you have a when you drive them over to your website and it's a, a PDF on something stupid, um, are you gonna will people nowadays give up their email or their phone number? You have to make it something of either an added yeah. value, something that's going to solve a problem, uh, like the knife guy. Two recipe books that were rock solid, uh, um, a weekly meal plan that gets sent to person every week. And oh, by the way, this is what's happening. Oh, here's a recipe. It's just, it, it, now if we would have just, with this, we could have done uh, an extended warranty. Mm-hmm. That's all. But if you can find something that people want in exchange for their email address, man, that's where I think the stats are 40, 44% of your sales can come from repeat customers just on mm-hmm. email. Campaigns. Yeah. That would be, I, I think it would depend on the industry, but yeah, I'd totally agree with you. That would be my experience. Um, yeah. And you can grow it more if you look after that customer well. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah, totally. I mean, we saw our repeat customer rates go through the roof with one of the with my beauty company that we sold last year. We saw the repeat order rates go go significantly higher when we took out of the boxes, you know, the big plastic bubbles? Um, yep. like the plastic pillows. We took those out because we realized people were a bit more sustainably minded and they were buying a gift for themselves. So we, we wrapped the whole, the whole order in tissue paper, but the packaging material, we took out the plastic bubbles and we put in popcorn. Uh, and it was phenomenal. Uh, and the repeat rates went through. People were posting pictures all on social media just because it had a much more interesting story. And so um, I, I get the, the value of this perceived value norm. You've, you've got my, um, my grey matter mattering, yeah. uh, whatever the official term is. Now, Norm, listen, uh, one of the things that we touched on before the podcast that I really, I wanted to dig into for at least a couple of minutes, because I'm aware of time here, but um, you've got this mad influencer challenge uh, going on. And um, just uh, tell the good folks what, what this is, what, you, what, your, what your son's challenged you to do. All right. There seems so, to be a lot of stories, Norm, in your life where your son said, you should do this, and you, you kind of go and do it. I, I know. I, I got to stop listening to them. So... <laughs> On the Amazon side, I would consider myself somewhat of an influencer. Not the biggest, not the smallest, kind of, you know, Goldilocks, right in between. Mm -hmm. So I've got a really great following over there. But as a buyer, I I don't have a single, not a single one uh, follower, not one. Mm. So that's a problem. They told me uh, about uh, becoming an influencer. And I said, there's no way that I can do just like the podcast. It was like, I, I'm not going to do a podcast. And then mm-hmm. I ended up, you know, I ended up liking it. One of the things we were talking about is how influencers or this whole influencer side of things, using influencers, how do you find them? Where do you find them? How do you communicate with them? Is very difficult or it looks like it's very difficult. Mm. I want to end that. I want to go on TikTok. It hasn't even started yet, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I want to TikTok. I want to do a video diary, just telling people this is what I did today. 
this is what I'm doing it the next day. This is, and just keep going 365 days showing people exactly what I did, how I did it and to grow the base. But while I'm doing that, this is the stupid part. I am becoming an influencer with okay. no, oh, I'm going out there doing the video diary and saying, Hey, if you want to become an influencer, everybody's becoming an influencer. Everybody's got a podcast. All right. Mm. So now on the influencer side, it was tough to get an Amazon or affiliate account. It was confusing. Maybe it's just because I'm old, but then the influencer side and, you know, getting, getting to be approved. What did I need? What did I not need? What was the mm. equipment that I needed? I had to build a studio just right over there. Um, that's different than the broadcast studio. Uh, what did we need for that? All the problems, all the hurdles that are happening and all right. So they challenged me to go from zero to a hundred thousand followers. So what you need to do is I need, I took the challenge up. I said, like, I got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. I am going to become an Amazon influencer. I'm going to go on TikTok. I'm going to do Facebook. I'm going to do YouTube and I need product. Anybody, anybody who's listening, if you want free of charge, so I'm waiving setup fees. I'm not doing this. I'm doing it more of a challenge. Setup fees, video production fees, photo fees. If I write content, it's all waived. It's free. We're just doing it. And I'm just doing it all like every, every night or on the weekend, I'm just doing videos and videos, videos. And hopefully the people like what I'm doing and they see the products and they give me a follow or they put me into a group that want to get deals and I, you know, pick up some followers that way. Yeah. That's my challenge. So it's called lunch with Norm deals. Uh, you'll be seeing it more the, the web. The, the actual website is going to be launching probably next week. Okay. I just started going on to Amazon live and we're planning the talk video journal, uh, probably starting next week. Wow. So by the time this podcast comes out, that will in theory be all live. And so people can go and follow you and connect with you and, and see what the hell's going on. Yeah. And, oh, I should mention. The only thing, so it's not like there's a, a string attached, but we are charging if there, it's all performance-based. So if you get no sales and you just get, you know, a video out of it, that's fine. But if you do get sales, we charge 10%. And the reason we're absorbing all the charges for any paid advertising, mm -hmm. any, anything. So my focus is building up this challenge. We're not, and this isn't a course, it's this is strictly a challenge that I'm trying to do to see if I can, I can do it. That's it. Sounds fantastic. I'm, I'm going to be following along, Norm. I'll be following <laughs> your followers. Uh, I'll be, I'll be commenting in there. No problem. All right. Great. That sounds great. So Norm, listen, you know, uh, this show is sponsored by the e-commerce cohort, right? Which is all about using coaching and peer mentoring to deliver e-commerce well. So I want you to imagine you are stood in a room full of cohorters. You've just delivered your keynote speech. You've, you've told your stories. You've shown photographs of the Dead Sea murder and the knives and all that sort of stuff. The crowd is giving you a standing ovation. It's going wild. It's going on. Uh, and you're, you're up there and you go, well, actually, uh, I'm here, thankfully, because of dot, dot, dot. And so you get a chance to thank 
Uh, those folks have had a big impact on your life, you know, family, mentors, authors, software, podcasters, etc. I'm curious to know who is on the list of people you are thanking and why? Outside of family, probably the number one, and I highly recommend this, always trying to improve. So the biggest improvement, the biggest group of people that I can thank is something called EO. It's an association that I, 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 27 years ago, I got involved with. They're still around. They're a big organization where you have a monthly meeting, but then you have a forum group. Our forum group still meets 27 years later. Wow. It's like board of advisors. So if something comes up, if you have a problem, they will help you out. Um, and also just the absolute knowledge and meeting people. They have universities called universities that you go to different cities and you learn uh, from other business people. Um, just how to operate your business and run your business properly. So that's, that's, that's one, but within the group and just, there's so many people, so many individuals that I've been able to, to meet and talk to and expand. You are who you hang around with, you know, uh, and I got to meet so many people. So the, that's probably my number one. If I was going to thank anybody, it's an entrepreneurial organization. It's called EO. Fantastic. Yeah, I love those sort of coaching mentoring groups that have been around for a while and you know each other well uh, and you know each other's got your back. That's just brilliant. That's fantastic. Listen, Norm, it's been an absolute pleasure. Honestly, I've loved hearing your stories. I feel like I've got, you know, a thousand more questions. I'd love to pick your brains on it some more sometime. But for now, uh, because of time. How do people reach you? How do people connect with you if they want to do so? Well, uh, I'll make it really easy. Norm at AMZ, like Amazon, AMZ.club, not .com, or that would be going to Amazon. Norm at AMZ.club. <laughs> AMZ.club. And of course, if you're from the UK, that's AMZ.club. True. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is how the Queen would say it. Uh, well, had, sorry, that's how she would have said it. That's probably slightly disrespectful now, uh, being the Queen's English. So, Norm, thank you so much for joining us. We will, of course, uh, put Norm's email in the show notes, along with a link to his podcast, uh, which you can get for free, along with a transcript at ecommercepodcast.net. Or if you're subscribed to the email, it will come direct to your inbox uh, at some point this week. Yes, it will. So, uh, Norm, listen seriously man really appreciate it it's been great getting to know you uh, to connect both on your podcast and on this one it's been an absolute treat and an absolute pleasure thank you so so much for coming on to the show oh you're very welcome we got to get you back on lunch with Norm. yeah well we'll be doing this again i'm sure we'll be going back and forth it won't be the first time uh, or the last time brother uh so there you have it what a phenomenal conversation again huge thanks to norm for joining me today and also a big shout out to today's show sponsor, the e-commerce cohort. Do head over to ecommercecohort.com for more information about this new type of e-commerce community you can join. Be sure to follow the e-commerce podcast wherever you get your podcasts from because we've got yet more great shows, more great conversations lined up. And I definitely don't want you to miss any of them. And in case, dear listener, no one has told you yet today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden you have to bear. Norm has to bear it. I have to bear it. You've got to bear it. We may as well just suck it up and get on with it. 
Uh, the e-commerce podcast is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bain and Josh Catchpole, Estelle Robin and Tim Johnson. Our theme song is written by Josh Edmondson and my good self. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to the website ecommercepodcast.net, where you can also sign up for the weekly newsletter and get all of this good stuff direct to your inbox totally for free. That is it from me and that is it from Norm for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.